Brother Willie, I, that just, uh, wow, is all I can say. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. Proverbs, chapter 10. As I mentioned earlier, tomorrow, as you know, is Memorial Day. Now, when I was a boy, it was commonly referred to as Decoration Day. And that was a big deal back then. I can remember every year my mother starting out uh, uh, a week or so ahead of time, always getting ready for it. And she would take crepe paper and uh, with that crepe paper make flyers. If you, you know, like these women, you know, take a pair of scissors and like they make the ribbon and the crepe paper flyers and all of that. Well, mother would work hours on end putting all of these uh, paper flyers together. Uh, and then uh, on that day, we would take off a big long trip, uh, about 20-some miles. That was a pretty long trip back then. I mean, we didn't go far. I, I, I remember the first time that, that I ever got out of the state of Missouri and went down into Arkansas. And I thought, man, I'd travel the world. Went to Little Rock, Arkansas to the VA hospital to see Grandpa. Only the second or third time I ever saw him, he was injured in World War One. I. I never saw my other uh, grandfather who uh, was in World War One. Uh, but mom made certain that of all the things that we did every year, Memorial Day, we ended up going to those graves. And uh, uh, we need to understand that the original purpose of Memorial Day was to honor our fallen soldiers, the men and women who died for our freedom. And it's well and good that we acknowledge our loved ones that have gone on before. That, uh, that, that's fine, but we ought to never forget those brave men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. I, I don't Memorial Day. Days. I said all. It's not the most interesting around and think about our loved ones. Oh, not something that great profit to be willing to suffer. Causes us to to us that just as they lived and they died, so must we. And just as they have to give an account to God for the life they live, so must we. And how we live has an effect for all of eternity. It makes an eternal difference. Nobody knew that better than the Apostle Paul. He said, for to me to live is Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Most folks have 
got it all wrong. For them to live, you know, it's, it's fun and games. For them to live, it's the pursuit of happiness. But for Paul, he said, for me to live is Christ. And then he could, he could say this in the second part of that verse, and to die is gain. You see, he had the ideal perspective on life and on death. And we need to think about that this morning and tomorrow as you remember those that, that paid the ultimate price. Look at verse 7 this morning for our text. Solomon says, The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. The name of the wicked shall rot. The purpose of the book of Proverbs is to gain knowledge and to exercise wisdom. We need both of those things. We need to gain the knowledge and then exercise wisdom as to how we live. The theme of this great book has to do with wisdom as opposed to folly. In other words, by contrast, that we can live our here is one of the many verses that it's the memory of the justice of the wicked you this morning. First of all, we see here the dignity of the saints. The memory of the just is blessed. History proves that's true. We remember the righteous. Even now, as we think about Memorial Day, some of you are already thinking about some dear loved one that has died. Someone that invested in your life. Someone that helped you along life's way. Someone that was so very dear to your heart. It might be that you're thinking about a, a godly parent. Thank God for godly parents. That's something everybody needs. It might be a, a dedicated teacher. I'm, whether it's a teacher, you know, in public school or a teacher in a private school or maybe Sunday school. It's making a difference. A dedicated teacher, someone that really took an interest in you and helped you. It might be a faithful minister. It might be a kind neighbor. It might be an honorable statesman, if you can find one. Not many of them left today, but it might be. Thank God for those that, that are honorable. It might be a brave soldier. A soldier that was willing to leave the country. Goodbye to mom and dad and his friends and his dreams and his plans and go to some foreign country and be subjected to all sorts of difficulties and pay the ultimate price. The memory of the just is blessed. And we remember people like that. In Psalms 112, verse 6, it says, The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. If you don't believe that, read Hebrews chapter 11, because this is 
And it says, Dead yet. Even today. And his example and the example of others, those righteous people that have made their contribution to this world, ought to instruct us and ought to inspire us to invest our life in the same way. Should serve to remind us that we ought to leave a legacy. Preacher many years ago, with the name of Robert Murray. said live isn't that this it all it ought to matter to us that we leave behind because one of these days you're going to come to the end of life's road and they're going to bury your body they're going to put you in a hole in the ground and throw six foot of dirt in your face. Your influence, your influence will continue. He will continue. And the thing that makes is their concern and their contribution to others because you just don't forget people like that. People that really made a difference in your life. People that have been a blessing to you. And if you want your memory to, to be blessed, then, then you have to be a blessing. I, I was just sitting and thinking and uh, thinking about... Uh, different ones and I look out here this morning at seats that are now empty that at one time were occupied by dear people dear loved ones I could just start calling names couldn't you think about them Linda Pardue used to sit right over there oh what a faithful woman she was what a contribution she made to our church and especially to the to the children that she taught so faithfully year after year I, I think about brother Dennis Maxey and and uh, what a what a blessing he was to this church and Gilbert Wood and brother Ron Farr and the list just goes on and on and on people that none of them were perfect just like you don't have a perfect pastor, unless it's Brother Kenneth, but it's not me, I'll guarantee you that. None of them are perfect, but all of them were blessings. And if we want to leave a legacy like that, if we want to others to, to remember us for being a blessing, then we've got to be a blessing to them while we're alive. The dignity of the saints, and that's what he's telling us here. They're not going to be forgotten. They will be remembered as a result of the life they live.
But in this verse, we also see the duty of the survivors. Now, we read this text, and and it's obviously a statement of fact. In other words, he's just telling us, this is the way it's going to be. That is a statement of fact. But the ancient Jews believed with all of their heart that it was more than a statement of fact, that it was actually a precept a precept from God that obligated us to remember godly people. Now, it's important that you understand that because we can look at it as a statement of fact and say, oh, well, that's the way it is. But that's also the way it ought to be. And whether you interpret that verse to mean that, that being a precept or not, There's plenty of other verses that tell us it ought to be that way. Psalms 112 verse 6 says, The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. So It's another way of him telling us that we need to remember to remember. We have an obligation to remember those who have contributed to our welfare. And and as, as we think about all of those who have given themselves for the good of others, uh, three things that come to my mind. First of all, we ought to be thankful for their endeavors. Thankful for their endeavors. We think about all of our privileges, all of our blessings. And we need to remember... Those things have been purchased by the blood, sweat, and tears of other people. Those that have gone before. We don't deserve what we have. Absolutely we don't. It's, it's the purchase of the lives of those that have gone before. Those who gave themselves to secure for us what we have. And for that we ought to be forever thankful. I can remember when my uncle Emery, who I hardly knew, but I can remember that whenever he re-enlisted to go back to Korea, and how that although everyone respected his decision, all of them sort of cringed at the thought, why in the world would you go back into a place like that? And he went back. He went back because he wanted to serve his country and do what was right. Well, he never came home. He never came home. He paid the ultimate price. But he did so out of deep concern for others. And folks, we must never get to the point that we just embrace our blessings without giving thought to those who provided them. And by the way, If we fail in this area, we need to remember what's recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 28. When we fail to be grateful for them, we pull a curse down upon our own head. We ought to be thankful for their endeavors, but we also ought to be taught by their example. Taught by their example. Not only should they inspire us, by their sacrifice, but they also instruct us by their service. They left a legacy that deserves to be noticed. And if we're wise, we'll learn from their example. We'll, in other words, we'll learn how we ought to live by watching those who did it right. There's hardly anything better 
as a teacher than a good example. You know, fine words will just go so far. Even tons of information will only accomplish so much. But boy, when you see somebody just put it in shoe leather and live it out day by day in their manner of life, that impacts your heart. That makes a difference in your life. And as we think about those that made such a great sacrifice, we ought to be taught by their example. I've said for years, my favorite movie of all time was Sergeant York. Uh, I don't don't believe everything about Sergeant York. He he was a Church of Christ, by the way, not a Baptist. He he had the plan of salvation all wrong, but, but that's not the point. The point is somebody who loves something so much, and in this case his country, he loved something so much that he was willing to even give his own life for the sake of others. That's what I'm talking about. And regardless of who you are, you ought to look back on the history of your life and think sacrifices and get but for others and well they got it right us who are in other words You know, we. But there needs to be more than that. You see, our tributes, our tributes toward them are absolutely meaningless if it does not in some way move us to action. If it doesn't transform us, if it doesn't change us, you know, if we just remain the same, we, nothing has been accomplished. And so our memory of those others ought to move us to ministry, to ministering to other people. If it doesn't do that, you see, it's just sentimental mush. That's all it is. doesn't mean anything, not of anything of practical value, until all of a sudden we become transformed by what we've seen in them. And we need to be and left such an living. Those that are still alive. Isn't it strange how that we so many times we don't have all heard the old they can't. They're dead. And whatever it was that we should have done is too late now. But every day is filled with golden opportunities for each and every one of us to enrich someone else's life, to to, to be a blessing to someone, regardless of who it is. We ought to feel that way about everyone that we come into contact with. 
And we've got to be mindful of that. In other words, we've got to do that on purpose because if you're anything like me, it doesn't happen by accident. Now, I know maybe there's some extremely gifted people and it's just so natural to you that you just can't help it without even thinking about it. You're just gushing love to everybody. I, I'm not that way. I get plumb perturbed at some people. I'm not nice to some people sometimes. I'm not bragging about that. I'm just being honest about it. That's just human nature. And I have to remind myself, I'm not here on this earth for me to be happy. I'm here so that in some way or another, some way or another, that I can maybe be a blessing and a help to someone else. And we need to remember that. And we look back on Memorial Day and we think about those that have died and gone. Let that be a reminder that we are still alive. There is still an opportunity. But as Jesus said, the night cometh when no man can work. All of the opportunities will have taken wings and flew away. God help us to emulate the example of those that we memorialize. Now, I said there are three things I wanted you to consider this morning. Uh, We've already considered the saints of God and their, their dedication, their loyalty, their faithfulness, and the duty of those that are surviving. But now we see the other side of the coin And here he speaks to us about the disgrace of the sinner. Go back to our text and notice what he says. But but the name of the wicked shall rot. The name of the wicked shall rot. In other words, although they might pursue greatness, they might dream of fame, they might have great desires to accomplish something that will be noticed around the world or to gain something that other people don't have. In other words, they're, they're on a course to, you know, to capture that which is dear to their heart. But notice, they never achieve their goal because it says the name of the wicked shall rot. Now don't misunderstand, that doesn't mean that they're going to be automatically forgotten when they die. Because believe me, their death will actually literally haunt some of the people that did things to them. And they will hate, they'll despise the very mention of their name. So it's not like when he says the name of the wicked shall rot. He's not saying nobody will ever think of them again. Oh yeah, they will. Boy, I could give you some real personal examples of that. I'm not going to go, go into it. when they were I'd have and every
result of it, I don't know about you, but God forbid that we be that we be remembered in, for something so horrible and terrible as hurting others. When he says their name shall rot, he, he's talking about putrefying, rotten, stinking flesh. of the just shall hear people a while ago. I mean, just to think about them is a blessing. But boy, we think about those others and it is a, it is a stench in your nostrils. And it, it just makes you sick to your stomach to even think about awful people like that. Their name, it says, shall rot. That's why nobody ever names their kid Ahab. Wouldn't that be why? Because their name shall rot. That's why. So, the question is, in light of all of that, how about you? How will you be remembered? Now, I know that none of us know exactly. I understand that. I just talked about the fact that I sure don't want to be remembered for horrible things. I don't want to be remembered for hurting people. I don't want to be remembered for that. But I also realize that as a sinner, I have a past. It's already it's too late for me to undo what I've already done. I'm just so glad that, that Jesus washed all of those sins away, that they're all gone and under the blood and gone. depths of the sea for that late for what's already been done I can't change the past but thank God I can do something about the future I can do something about the present I can be the one that will make up the list of things that other people remember about me in Proverbs 22 verse 1 it says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now let me ask you, is a good name that important to you? I can remember back whenever I was growing up, and I think it was this way in just about every family, that the kids were taught that whatever you do is going to reflect on the family's name. That became an important factor. It was a teaching tool for your children. Don't you dare bring shame and reproach upon this family name by doing something that is horrible. Don't do that. A good name is so very important. And 
And it ought to be important to every one of us. And as we honor those that, who, who lived well, let us resolve to do exactly the same. Mark Twain said many years ago, he said, let us endeavor to live that when we come to die, even the undertaker will be sorry. Think about that. Even the undertaker will be sorry. Be wonderful if we all live that way. There's an inscription on a young girl's grave. I wrote this down in my Bible years ago. They put this on the grave marker, and it was the comment of her, of her playmates. And the inscription says, A child of whom her playmates said, It was easier to be good when she was with us. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If that could be said of each and every one of us when we're dead and gone and you stand there at the casket and say, boy, it was just easier to live for the Lord and to do what was right when he or she was with us. Oh, what a difference. And because of that, we ought to to aspire to inspire before we expire. That that will be the, the desire of our heart, to inspire others. And as Charles Spurgeon said, a good character is the best tombstone. And it really is. Because when the marble on the tombstone, whenever it has passed away, as it were, however many million of years that might take, the character will still stand. We need to carve our name on the hearts of people and not on the marble of a tombstone. One of the great poems usually attributed to the wrong person is the little poem that says only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. It actually was written by C.T. Studd, the famous missionary. And if you've never read the entire poem, you owe it to yourself to find it and read the entire poem. But in just that one little section there, he says, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And then he adds these words, and when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. And as he traveled over from place to place, from country to country, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, this was his motto. He said, if Jesus Christ is God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. How true that is. So many people have the idea that God imposes restrictions and responsibilities upon us that are just unreasonable. And yet the Bible says we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our what? Reasonable. Reasonable service. It's reasonable. Jesus paid it all, as we sang earlier. All to him I owe. And I don't know about you, but more than anything else, Yes, I'm concerned about what you think about me when I'm dead and gone. I'm concerned about that, but more than anything, I'm concerned about my dear Savior being able to say 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That matters more than, than anything else in all of the world. Just, just to know that whether others approved or not, just to know that my dear Savior was pleased with what I did with the life that he gave. That ought to be the desire of each and every one of us. Remember what Paul said? For to me to live is Christ. What is it for you? What is life for you all about? I hope it's all about Christ because if it is, then to die is gain. To die is gain. Now, one more thing. None of us can do anything for Christ until we have a personal relationship with Christ. Hopefully what I've said here this morning will challenge every Christian here to invest their life in that which will pay eternal dividends, that which will make death gain and heaven glorious. I hope that's the way it is, but there just might be someone here this morning that, that doesn't have a personal relationship with Christ. They don't really know if they died today that they'd go to be with the Lord they can't look back on their life and remember a time and a place, a definite time where they know they were born again, where they became a child of God. And if that's true of you, I beg you this morning, don't leave here till you take care of that business. Don't leave here until you know. And you say, well, preacher, I don't think anybody can really know. Well, if my Bible says you can. 1 John 5 and verse 13 says, These things have I written unto you that you what might know that you have eternal life. You can know. You should know. You will know if you put your trust in Christ. There won't be any doubt about that. And we're going to give you that opportunity to do so right here this morning. While we stand together and Tim comes and our musicians, as we sing an invitation hymn this morning, if God is speaking to your heart, especially about salvation, we urge you to come. And if you're here today and you've already been saved, but, but you've been reminded this morning that you've been wasting a good chunk of your life and you just want to get it back on track today, you don't have to say anything to me. Really, you don't even have to come running down the aisle. But you need to do business with God. Would you do that? Always saying, you come.